I had probably about 300 comments of people saying that they were upset that I did not leave the crushing sound in the video. And each of those comments had over a thousand likes. So I really knew that this was something I needed to add. And when I went back and added the sound, and then I started doing this with more and more, and it got almost 5 million views within the first week. From Boston, Massachusetts, this is Going Live, a show where we talk to various marketers and industry experts on the art of going live. I'm Farah Sheik, a growth marketer with a passion for video and the latest technology. This episode is a bit unique because we're not talking specifically about webinars or live events. Instead, we're diving into the other end of the spectrum, short form videos on TikTok. So with me today, we have Thomas, Thomas Komar. He's the person behind the TikTok channel at 3D Printing Guru. His channel has about 90,000 followers and videos on his channel have millions of views. He only started this channel less than a year ago in May of 2020. And so what does he do? He educates people about 3D printing from fascinating household items that you can print all the way to crushing 3D prints with deliciously sounding ASMR noises. He's showing the world what 3D printing can do and educating people. Thomas and I talked about a lot in our podcast interview. So we've broken this podcast episode into two parts. The episode you're listening to today is part one. In part two, which will be published later, we'll dive into all the behind the scenes work he's doing to grow professional videos on TikTok. This covers equipment he's using, editing techniques he has, and great purchases he's made that have given him a return on investment. So in this episode, we'll learn how Thomas grew his channel to 90,000 followers. We'll discuss two different videos that went viral and dissect them, and then talk about how he plans out his videos and the tips he has on the best posting cadence and times to post throughout the day, and how he goes live and does live streams. Lastly, we'll cover in a unique way he captures inspiration for videos and what you can do to break out of the plateau of growth if you're feeling stuck and stagnant. So, to kick this off, I asked Thomas about his first video that went viral. And one of the things that I decided to print was this Nintendo Switch Joy-Con controller that I designed. And I printed that and I recorded myself taking it out of the printer. And that was really all the video was, was me pulling this part out of the printer. And people were just amazed. They, they wanted to buy this. They wanted to know what this was. They wanted to know as much information as possible. And I think that immediately put me down this path of people want to know more about this. And people actually don't know a lot about it. So there's a lot of opportunity for increasing education and accessibility. And that's what kind of put me on that course to create those values and kind of a mission for myself. I was actually just going to ask you about that eventually in, in like a few minutes from now, because I, I was looking at that video and watching it again last night. So, so for folks uh, who, who don't know, this video was captioned. This is why having a 3d printer is the best thing ever. Here's what the video looks like. So he opens a, a 3D printer cover, it's an orange cover that opens. A shiny part that looks kind of like wet comes out of the printer and he sticks it in this oven-like device that has ultraviolet light on it. Part comes out of that oven and then immediately attaches to a Nintendo Switch controller. 
why did you why did you make that specifically? And and two, what is so fascinating about that for folks who don't know that just like attracted like thousands of people to, to get excited? I think the initial grab was they they see this machine and they see me wearing gloves and it's just kind of what is this? And then as you watch, you start that you see that I'm actually creating something that was very relevant at the time because it was um, Animal Crossing themed. This was right when Animal Crossing had come out, and it was a huge trend not only on TikTok but on a lot of social media platforms. So I caught that trend right in time to kind of hit a big launch. I was able to use the hashtags associated with Animal Crossing. And that really, I think, pushed the video up. So I got this mix of people who are really into Animal Crossing. I got this mix of people who are DIYers. And I had this mix of people who already knew about 3D printing. That's so neat. It sounds like you found a trend that you happen to be really into at the time yourself. And a lot of other people are into it as well. And you kind of just shared it. Did you expect it to go viral? Like, were you just really pumped about the controller that you made? Or what? Yeah. I, I don't think I necessarily, I think I expected the video to do well, but at the time, my idea of doing well was a few thousand views, I a few million. <laughs> so yeah. I think that kind of shows perspective. I think, I think even just going through TikTok the past few months, things change as time goes on and you have to adjust perspective for what's a good number of views. Certainly. Which video was that for you? Was that the first one, second one, tenth one? Like, at what point did you come into success with your content for that video? So success happened early on, but I will say success isn't consistent. Mm -hmm. So the first video that did really well, it got me a good amount of followers too, which gave me a good platform to jump off of for the following mm -hmm. videos. I think I gained around twenty thousand followers from that video, yeah. and it got about two million views. So the conversion rate's not bad. Mm -hmm. on a platform where most people don't actually follow, or if they do follow, they don't follow to re-engage with content. They follow as like a way of liking just because yeah. people don't necessarily look at their followed page. They tend to stay on the for you page. Yeah. So when you saw that video did well, the animal crossing video, what did what went through your mind that week or that month? Did you start making similar videos what was your goal, goal at that point? What were you trying to, to do? What type of content were you pumping out? And I guess what I'm trying to lead into is eventually, how did you start picking up traction? But yeah, I want to know really in the early stages, what were you were going through? Yeah, I think, I think after I made that video, I, and I made a few more videos, I tried a few different concepts. And one of the concepts I tried was this, this niche of ASMR and how I can combine that with 3D printing and Ironically, it's been some of my most successful content and also some of my weirdest content. <laughs> Tell folks what ASMR stands for or what it is and what you're, what you're talking about for folks who, who don't. So, so the way I see ASMR is some type of noise or visual action that's sensually pleasing. And what I did is I would print these different structures that made certain specific noises when they were crushed, squished, stepped on, etc. And I saw success doing this. I think my my original video of me trying to do this was not an attempt at ASMR. It was an attempt at showing a process of electroplating a 3D print and how it can adjust the strength of it. So the idea was that I can stand on this electroplated 3D lattice, which is coated in metal. But when I stand on the exact same 3D print that hasn't been electroplated, it crumbles. The video didn't do well because the electroplating was cool.
the video ended up doing well because people thought it was very satisfying to watch me crush that 3D print. And once I caught on to that, I was able to kind of gain some traction in the ASMR crowd. All right, okay, so we got to listen to this, this video here because this is all about noise. And you see a black shoe enter the frame with a 3D printed object that's metal and the foot, the shoe is trying to crunch on it. It's not working. And then you hear, Wait, hold on. How did you catch on to that? What, what, what gave that away that that crushing action was really the catching, catching point there? The number of people that were mad that I did not keep the original audio on the video. <laughs> how did they, did they yell at you about that in comments? Like, how did you find out? I had probably about 300 comments of people saying that they were upset that I did not leave the crushing sound in the video. And each of those comments had over a thousand likes. So I really knew that this was something I needed to add. And when I went back and added the sound, I like basically made the same video again with the sound this time around. And it was just so successful. And then I started doing this with more and more. And I even did this just two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, I had my most successful video to date where I crushed a giant six inch by six inch lattice cube and it got almost 5 million views within the first week. That is incredible. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Is there a recipe that you use for this video now? Since the first one did well, you understand marching 3D printed objects gets people just pretty high and kind of jazzed, jazzed in, in general, or maybe just completely satisfied. Your way of recording that, that type of content now. Yeah, I'd say that what I realize is that some of the things that can grab attention at first are important. So I try to wear some type of shoe that actually grabs your attention because the lattices are sometimes they're not colorful, nothing like that. So having a shoe that is colorful, it just it grabs your eyes and it makes you watch it for enough time so that I can start crushing the cube. And once you see me crushing the cube, then you kind of stay throughout the whole video. And your retention is really important on this platform. So another point there is to keep the videos as short as possible. A minute is actually, in my opinion, very long for a video on TikTok. Yeah. What is the ideal sweet spot in terms of length for you for a video? For me, it's between 15 and 30 seconds. For an ASMR video, I'd say under 15 seconds. Wow, that's that's wonderful. I, I've heard similar advice in terms of just being as short as possible and, and how the algorithm rewards really short videos like under 15 seconds long. Interesting that picking a, a, a eye-catching shoe is, is a helpful way to, to engage the audience. And, and for folks who are probably a little confused by this, I'm remembering it now because I've seen a couple of them. The camera is like pretty zoomed like your feet and like the crushing action, right? So it has to be a close-up angle of, of where your shoes are and the 3D printing object is being met. Yeah, when it, when it comes down to the video, it's really all that you see. And when those are the only two things that you see, you need to maximize your potential to grab the viewer's engagement and kind of keep it there. Have you since, so it looks like you had a couple of different revelations throughout your journey of making content on TikTok. Have you been seeing steady growth say of 2020 or what, what have you done to try to increase growth since you started? No, it's not steady growth. It's not there. There are 
there are peaks in the mountain and there are valleys and they're identifiable and they do correlate with that viral content. So maybe I'll gain 20,000 followers one week, but the next three weeks I'll only gain a few hundred. Yeah. That's just knowing that and kind of spacing out, honestly, the videos that do viral. I think that I could just routinely post ASMR style videos and probably grow much faster, but at the same time, I kind of lose who I want my platform or what I want my platform to be. If I do that. I respect that. You're not focused on just pure growth and numbers and, and money. It's you want to, you have a mission in mind and you want to build towards that mission while keeping your own values intact. What What's your cadence like? I don't think that the number of times you post is what matters, but I think that as long as you're consistent, you you'll find results, whether that be one video a week or five videos a day, I think consistency will be key. I do notice that on the times where I post very consistently, if I take a break, when I do come back to posting, which happened very recently, I took a few days off from posting when I normally try to post once every other day, I found that those videos, while I felt that they were very engaging content and matched different formulas I've used in the past, they didn't do as well. Hmm. So I think you can really see that the algorithm takes into account your posting frequency, and it's not necessarily that you have to post a lot. It's that you post consistently. So what's, what's your consistent schedule? So I, I think my goal for myself is once every two days. I think that's the goal. I think the past month or so has been a little hard to do that. I recently transitioned into a new job and that's been taking a lot of time off my plate that I would have normally dedicated to TikTok, whether it be that I'm working outside of work hours or whether it just be that I, I feel a little bit more exhausted than usual because I'm introduced to a new environment and still getting used to it. That's totally fair. I, I feel you on that. Like I'm doing this podcasting thing now and recording and going live, whether it be video or audio is not a new concept for me. And although it should be, it seems, seems like something super easy to do and jump into, it takes like half an hour or something. Creating content takes time. It takes effort. And if you have a day job and that's consuming a lot of your time, I can, I can see how it makes it hard to fit that type of work into your schedule as well. Yeah. Yeah. It can definitely be a challenge. I really try to plan as much as possible to try to avoid getting into a habit of saying I can do it tomorrow or I can do it later. And then later becomes yeah. tomorrow. I actually love to pick your brain on this specifically because I, so I've, I'm not famous on TikTok by any means or even mildly successful on TikTok. I like to go on there from a personal perspective and just make funny videos. And I did that consistently almost once every three to four days for like two, three months. I, I did not go viral. I did not even get to the mild goals I had in mind, which were a few thousand hits. But I went through the process of, okay, I need to make content and I want to make content. So let's carve out time to do it. When you're more of in a rhythm in, in the sense of the specific posting cadence you wanted, how did, how did that happen? Like, it sounds like you maybe perhaps like schedule time or do you get inspired and just like get really motivated and just pick up your camera and start filming? Like how does it go down when you, when you try to make the videos? Yeah. So I'd say when I, when I was posting at a really steady cadence for the longest time, I actually posted about once a day, even through the weekends. And I think the hardest part about that was finding out what to actually do for these videos. So creating a content schedule was the best thing that I could do for myself saying that 
here's a list of things that I can do. And a lot of these videos might take two to three days of prep. So it's starting to print one day on one printer while recording on another printer. So I think if I didn't have the resources that I have, this would be almost impossible. I love that you created a sketch, like a content schedule. What do you specifically, like, I want to talk about specifics. Like do you have like an iPhone notes document going on or word document. Like how do you make the schedule and do you carve out specific time in the middle of the week to do that? So I'm a very physical person in the sense that I like to write everything down on paper <laughs> rather than digitally. I know it's a little bit of an old concept, especially considering <laughs> I do everything else digitally. I make all my videos digitally. I edit on my cell phone, computer, iPad. The one thing that I do on, in a physical sense is write things down on either a whiteboard or a notepad. I keep a notepad with me at all times in case something does come to mind and or if I'm walking around the store, I might see something and say, I don't need to buy that. I can make that. And if I make it, I can show everyone else how to do that too. So I'll write That's down awesome. or take a photo of what it is. Like the other day I was in Target and I saw a vase that I really liked, but I don't want to pay 20 bucks for it. I can make it at home. <laughs> Power of 3D printing. That's yeah. That's so inspiring. That's so cool. So you literally have like a, a notepad that you can fit in your pocket while at Target? I, I carry a bag with me most times, but yeah. Yeah, I do That's keep it. It's a, it's a small notebook, but I do keep it with me. And so were you basically figuring out each day of the week and you're like, well, I'm going to do this topic video for this day of the week? Or I guess it's hard because you have to plan out. The content can't be all shot in one day, as you, as you mentioned. Printing can sometimes take up to a 24-plus hour cycle based on all the, the, the work you have to do in, in the workflow. So did you have in mind, I'm going to post this ASMR video on Wednesday, or was it more like, I'm going to work on it for three days and post it whenever I can? I think the goal would be to do it the first way where it's like, I'm going to post this video on Wednesday, so I just need to make sure it's done before Wednesday. I think the reality though is that I try to do that, but when the video is done, that's when I post it. Something that's really funny there is I had to fight this urge to post things when I knew it wasn't the time to post yet. Like every platform, there are good times to post and there are bad times to post. But when I first started, I, I was just so excited to get that content out there that sometimes I would post knowing that it wasn't a good time to post those videos. But I was just like, I, I wanted to be out there. I worked really hard to make this video and I want to publish it. And I think in some ways I was doing myself a disservice by not being patient. But um, it yeah. just shows that you can get so passionate about it to the point where you're just you're just going for it. You're throwing this content out there, just hoping as many people can see it as possible. Yeah, what's the what's the timing cadence that you think would work or like is the best time to be posting? I think it depends on kind of the people who engage with your videos, but for me it tends to be around four to five o'clock any day of the week. Oh, A lot wow. of this data you can actually find within TikTok, kind of what times people are online. The funny thing about TikTok though is that people are almost always online, which really shows that addictive nature of the app is that people people check in almost every hour of the day, even at three in the morning, traffic rates are still higher than almost every other social media platform. Boy, that's incredible. So you, you have stats on that? Like you can see when your users are interacting with your content? Yep. I can see I can see when they're online and I can even see who's online like right now if I wanted to check. That's amazing. Like who's watching your videos right now? 
it's not who's watching my videos right now. It's who follows me that currently has the TikTok application open on their phone. Oh, very neat. That lets you engage with your audience in a better way. And it really saying, does. Yeah. Does that like help you? I wanted to get into those later, but I think it's better to jump into it now. Does that help you figure out when to go live, like doing a live stream? Definitely. So the area that you actually see this is kind of the preview page for a live stream is that it tells you how many people are online right now. And I think the reason for doing that is when you go live on TikTok, it actually sends a message to, I'd say about 30% of your followers saying that you just went live, whether they're in the app or not. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so that, that basically makes it so you can have more of a, a personal branding relationship you're building. What, what motivates you to go live? What's the, what's the whole point of going live on a TikTok. Yeah, I think I think the best part about going live is I try my videos at least to show what I think people want to see based on comments, based on what people are asking for, but when you can show someone something printing in real time, they can actually ask right then and there, what what actually is that? What's going on? How does this work? I think it's also a great time for to give people advice and suggestions on kind of where to get started, mm-hmm. which 3D printers to buy if you're a hobbyist or if you're just getting into it. Which process, what's the coolest thing I've printed? It's something that I get asked on every single live stream. And I can make a video about that. But my honest answer to that is my answer to that question changes on a weekly basis <laughs> because of the vast number of things that I print. And because I'm put in this position to kind of keep one upping myself so things stay interesting. Yeah. That's neat. So you get to show off the craft that you're making in these live streams and you get to learn what people are thinking and asking about through it as well. The first couple of times you did it, were you doing that? How did that feel for you? I think that I was unsure if people were even going to show up. I think that live streaming on TikTok is a really interesting feature because your live stream actually gets pushed to the FYP, the For You page. So while people are scrolling, instead of coming across one of your videos, they'll, they'll come across your actual live stream and they can choose to jump in. And this is an opportunity to reach like a net new group of people without actually having to post new content. So it's almost a way to re-engage viewers. And the best way to kind of keep them engaged is that while you're on the live stream, have some sort of call to action to actually push them to your other content. So I get a lot of people giving me suggestions of things to print. And what I do is I say, if you have any things that you'd like me to print or any projects you'd like me to give a shot, comment that on one of my recent videos. And what that actually does is it pushes these group, this net new group of people to already existing content. It gets them to engage not only with the live stream, but now with multiple other videos. And it's likely that once they actually get to my profile page and start looking at the videos, they'll keep scrolling. I, I've noticed some of the most popular accounts end up having some really popular videos and they're first, let's say one to 10 videos they put out there. Do you think that people can get stuck in a similar viewing range pattern for most of their content and then kind of stay in that same level? Like for example, I see also lots of creators out there who might have only a couple hundred views or just regularly like a thousand or 2000 views. Do you have any like tips on how to break out of that bubble or how to kind of break out of a plateau and like really get get to that, let's say even a thousand level follower range. Yeah, I think, I think my easy answer is try something different. I think that like trying to stand out is probably the best thing you can do for yourself. But in the end of the day, consistency is key. So if you really believe in what you're doing, keep it up. I think that it'll pay off in the long run. 
I think if what you're doing is of quality or not, I think if it's engaging or not, I think the biggest thing though, is that if it's not working, give something else a try, maybe keep the message and change the distribution method. Yeah. So whether it be even just taking content you've already produced and shortening it, maybe, maybe making it more engaging, maybe adding a, a bit of color to it, maybe just adding something to really pull people in and then keep them there, get the, get them there for at least the story piece of it. If that's what you're doing. I like that advice. Try something different you can, right? You have unlimited opportunities. You can make literally as many videos as you want. Yeah. And, and keep iterating until something sticks. Sweet. Well, Thomas, um, thanks for coming on to the show today. I'm glad we got to talk through your journey of TikTok and different tips that you have for folks out there. So yeah, thanks for thanks for sharing that story. Yeah, thank you, Faris. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a great time. I think we've been able to get a lot of information out there and I'm really hoping that it helps some people kick off their TikTok career. Thanks for tuning in. If you want to hear more stories about the art of going live or tips on video creation, subscribe to this show. I actually do consulting in this space. I help companies make stunning webinars in 30 days. Whether you're focused on generating leads or revenue or creating a jam-packed presentation with memorable content, I can help you out. Shoot me an email at faris at professional-webinars.com. Once again, that's faris, F-A-R-I-S, at professional-webinars.com. You can also get in touch with me there to just chat webinars, live streams, and video creation. I'd be happy to give you some guidance and share you content that can help you in your video creation journey. And shout outs to Thomas Komar and his TikTok channel. If you want to follow him, you can find him on TikTok at 3D Printing Guru. That is the at sign 3DPRINTINGGURU. So the 3D Printing Guru on TikTok. You can also find him on Instagram with the same username. And if you enjoyed today's episode and you're craving more content about TikTok and how you can technically get started with the equipment, editing tools, and how to set up a space and a mini studio, we're gonna cover all that detail in part two of this podcast episode. Subscribe to the show and you won't miss that second part.